Now, talking travel with travel expert and specialist Sally Lucas. And joining us to talk travel, of course, is Sally Lucas. Um, hello, Sally. We've got a neighbour on our screen today. We certainly do a very close neighbour at that, which is New Zealand, and we always say across the ditch, don't we? But, yes, it's a wonderful ditch to cross and a wonderful country to visit. So I thought we'd talk about some interesting bits and bobs about New Zealand today. Sally, if we can pause briefly, we do have a new a Deputy Prime Minister too. It is Josh uh-huh. Frydenberg. Oh, really? Mm, so wow, surprise, here. surprise. Now, over to New Zealand. Let's fly quickly across the ditch. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be there in a flash. And I thought we talked about a few different things with New Zealand today, and these are just some facts that you may or may not know. Now, firstly, the Kia, which is a bird native to New Zealand, is known for pulling windscreen wipers off cars and eating strips of rubber from the windows. So be careful of your car if you're driving around. It's a laughing matter unless it's your car, I think. I think so. Yes, exactly. Another interesting fact, no part of the country is more than 128 k's from the sea. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Wellington is the southernmost capital city in the world. And New Zealand's population is about four and a half mil, and it's about the same size as um, England, the UK, who's got a population of over 60 mil. And only 5% of New Zealand's population is human. The rest are animals. Really? But there, there you go. Isn't that interesting? I'm finding some really interesting things here. Yes. New Zealand has more Scottish pipe bands per capita than any other country in the world. That is interesting too. Yeah. Blue Lake in the Nelson Lakes National Park has the clearest water in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's home to the world's smallest dolphin species. Mm-hmm. Um, Milford Sound, which goes without saying, is considered one of the world's top travel destinations as advised by TripAdvisor. And, of course, we know it was the first commercial bungee jumping began in New Zealand. Yes, who else would dream that up, eh? <laughs> exactly. The Kiwis do some funny things, don't they? But having said that, we had the wonderful Sir Edmund Hillary, of course, who was the first man to climb Mount Everest. Yes. And there's more people, they say, die in New Zealand each year playing lawn bowls and scuba diving. Now, that's a funny fact, isn't it? Well, it is. Yes. <laughs> I don't know whether that determines your choice to either play bowls or go or scuba, go scuba diving. diving. Yes, exactly. Um, it's also home to more species of penguins than any other country. Mm. And, of course, I think one of its most famous um, things was that in 1893 it became the first country to give women the right to vote which was an amazing thing when you think about it back in the day. Um, and Auckland also is one of the most affordable cities in the world to live in. Yes. Um, as well. And, of course, we know the Maori name for New Zealand, Aotearoa, means land of the long white cloud. Yes. Um, Lake Taupo apparently was formed by a supervolcanic eruption 26,000 years ago, and the dust from that eruption could have been seen in modern-day China. So that was quite an eruption, wasn't it, when yes, you think huge. about it? Yes. And um, It's a big lake to, too, of course. Well, it is. It's a beautiful lake, famous for its trout fishing, of course, and as well as many other things, it's doing boating and, you know, all sorts of trips on Lake Taupo. It's just a fabulous part of the North Island. Um, it's also home to the giant wetter, the heaviest insect in the world. So that's an interesting thing as well. It looks a bit like a... Um, they say it's heavier than a sparrow and looks like a giant cockroach. But there you go. Um, Baldwin Street in Dunedin is the world's steepest street. Now, I didn't know that. I thought that would have been Lombard Street in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently um, not. But, 
but apparently not. It's, it's in, in Dunedin. Um, yeah, so interesting things, isn't it? Um, third of the country is protected national park as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes, Kitty, Na- Kiwi Nancy Wake, of course, was the Gestapo's most wanted person during World War Two, And apparently she once killed, they say, an SS sentry with her bare hands. Really? I, I presume that is true if they're stating that. Um, the logo for the Royal New Zealand Airport is a Kiwi, which is the flightless bird yes. as well. Yes. And then, of course, the Lord of the Rings. I mean, how famous was that as well as the hobbits that pumped um, about $200 million into the country's economy. Um, so, yeah, it's um, that, those films, of course, are world-renowned, aren't they, Jane? Absolutely. Very, very high. Um, there's a giant carnivorous snail lives in the South Island, but they don't have snakes. <laughs> which is fantastic. They don't, have, they don't have leeches much either, which is also nice. Oh, especially if you're doing the walks, exactly. which we'll talk, we'll talk about. And there's a clock in Dunedin which has been running since 1864 and it's never been wound since it was made. Oh, it's the secret to perpetual motion. So there you go, isn't that amazing? And 90 Mile Beach, you know, at Cape Ranger, it's actually not 90 miles long, even though it's called that. It's only 90 kilometres long. <laughs> they were ahead of their time, obviously. <laughs> they were ahead of their time. Um, and then you've got, remember Henry the Tuatara, which was that big yes. reptile native to New Zealand, and he became a father for the first time at the age of 111 in 2008. <laughs> Good for uh, him. Good for, isn't that? A, I mean, this is amazing. Um, yeah, the only land mammals native to New Zealand are bats. The oh. rest were introduced by Maoris and Europeans. Okay, okay. And so this one. Yes. NZ produces 100 kilos of butter and 65 kilos of cheese each year per person. Per person. <laughs> there you go. So we do like our cows as well as our sheep in New Zealand. So there's just some interesting facts about and, New Zealand or, you know, tidbits if you like. But we might talk a little bit about some of the walks, Jane, and a little bit further down the track if that's right. Oh, that's a pun. I didn't mean that. Anyway. <laughs> yes, exactly. We need a pun or two. <laughs> We've got dad jokes all next week. So, have yes, we? yes, we have because it's the lead up to Father's Day. And, oh, of course, so, of course, I'll have to find, think of some. You definitely will. We've uh, hopped over the ditch or over the ditch, and we're in New Zealand, Sally Lucas. We certainly are, and I thought, Jane, it is quite famous that so many things, of course, in the North Island, from the Bay of Islands to, we talked about Lake Taupo, of course, Rotorua, um, the Bay of Plenty, which is a beautiful area, Napier, which is that wonderful uh, deco town. Um, you know, we could go on and on, of course, Wellington, famous for the Te Papa Museum. And then we go on down to the South Island, which is famous for many things, of course, even just the ferry trip alone from Wellington to Picton is a beautiful little couple of hours on the ferry. And then you've got the wonderful west coast of Kaikoura down to Christchurch. You can do a fantastic rail journey if you want to do, which is a famous rail journey, the going across from Christchurch to the west coast. And then we've got Mount Cook, Lake Tekapo, um, of course, we've got Dunedin, down right down the bottom, Invercargill and Stewart Island. Queenstown, which is stunning, Lake Wanaka, or Wanaka and Lake Wanaka, Tiano and Milford Sound and Dartle Sound, which are beautiful. Now, all these areas, of course, Jane, have some wonderful walks you can do, whether it be guided or independent. And I know you've done, if not all of them, many of them. <laughs> Certainly not all, but plenty of them. Yes, that's right. Um, and one of the things about New Zealand, which you're, you're coming up to, is, is that um, there's a lot of opportunity for outdoor activity. And it's all very interesting, very beautiful country. And uh, yes. 
Yes, I know we've got friends who live in Germany and they're just, even though they love Australia, they're completely blown away with New Zealand and they've been back a couple of times, which is a long way to come, you know, from Germany to, to New Zealand, but they just love it, the walks and hiring a camper van and, and you know, getting around and that freedom and the, the beauty of that, particularly like the top of the, the South Island. But like you've got the Milford Guided Walk and the Root Burn, one, that's a five-day or a three-day and you can combine them together to do an eight-day if you wish. Or you can even do some guided day walks if that's all you've got, um, you know, from Queenstown to Rootburn or Tiana Milford Track. So, you know, it's sort of you can do anything that would suit you. And as I said, Jane, you know there's a lot of treks. There's the, is it the Heathy or the Heathy Track? Heathy. The Heathy Track <laughs> is Heafy. lovely. Mm. And it has, I think, some <clears throat> of the greatest biodiversity of any walk, certainly in New Zealand. But um, it's very attractive where you start up on the hills and you walk, walk your way down towards the coast. So there's some beautiful scenery. Fantastic, and you've got another one, the the Kepler track as well. Kepler's um, beautiful. Yeah, uh, uh Rakayura, Rakayura. Yes, that's Tom? down on Stewart Island. Yes, Island, Yes, the Tongariro in the North Island, of course, the Northern Circuit. Um, the Able Tasman as well, which is ex um, Nelson. Um, so yeah, look, there's quite a lot of walks, and of course they've now got trained a lot of cycling trails as well, like in the Otago and all sorts of areas where you can do some fantastic cycling journeys if you don't want to do the walking journey. So as you say, New Zealand, whether you're doing a coach tour, a self-drive, walking holiday, cycling, um, the scenery is beautiful. They speak almost the same language. Uh, we, we win a little bit on the dollar. No visa, no inoculations and a couple of hours just away. So really it's a delightful destination to go to. Yeah, what's not to like, eh? <laughs> what's not to like? And just finish us, Jane, today um, before we do our hot deals. I just was reading about a really interesting train journey the other day and we've talked about a lot of train journeys you know, within Europe, Australia, etc. Um, but this is in Mexico, or Mexico, to be correct, and it's from Chihuahua, which the dog is named after, to Los Mojis. And um, Mexican's Copper Canyon is famously larger and deeper than the Grand Canyon, but it also has this rail service that shuttle sightsees between the 2,400-metre-high canyon peaks of the Chihuahua State right across to the Pacific Coast. And this was inaugurated in 1961. It's been recently given a pretty swish makeover, and it's called the Chihuahua Al Pacifico train, but it's known commonly as just El Chepe. And it traverses 86 tunnels, and 37 bridges over a 653-kilometre route from the Chihuahua Ranch lands through the oak and pine forests of the Sierra Tarahumara Mountains, and then you wind down through tropical vegetation and settlements and so on, and an area called Raramuri, which is famous for the so-called barefoot runners, famous for their cross-mountain sprints. And then along the way, of course, it's got six, just six cars, this locomotive with a restaurant and bar attached. And it looks really lovely as well. And you're driving alongside some incredible vaccination, uh, vegetation vaccination. I'm going well today with my words, aren't I? Um, and of course, you're going past, as I said, some of the summits are soaring more than 3,000 metres. So you have an observation car as well with drop-down windows if you don't want to have filtered photography even as well. Excellent. And they say, if you're lucky, the conductor might even serenade you along the way. <laughs> so what more could you ask for? What's well, hot deals time? What's around at the moment in the marketplace? 
Thanks, Jane. We were talking about Kiwi Land today, so there's a couple of little uh, cultural experiences here, which is five days car hire, four nights accommodation taking in Auckland and Rotorua. It includes a Maori village cultural experience, a honey, which is your famous, of course, cooked in the um, earth meal that the Maoris love, a geothermal wonderland tour, etc., and that's all from under $900 per person. Or there's a five-night Northland cultural experience with six days car hire, five nights accommodation, and that takes in Auckland, Pahia and Hokianga, the Waitangi Treaty Grounds, Day Pass, a concert, another hungi, a Twilight Encounter, Cowrie Museum Entrance and Guided Tour, and that's from under $1,000. Or you can combine the two. And also, just a reminder, that absolutely wonderful experience that I would love to do, Warbirds Over Wanaka, is happening in April 2020. Now, this book's out a heck of a long way ahead, so anyone that's interested, you can... Uh, um, available already, registrations and bookings for that for April, the 8th of April to the 20th, there's a package out at the moment, but even if you're just going independently for the three-day uh, air show, which is really hard to get, you know, your passport, you'd want to get in very, very soon to register for that if you're interested in Warburg over Wanaka. Mm, good which is fabulous. I'm sure I've only ever been to Warbirds here at Tamora and, you know, around in Australia, but I haven't done that one. I think it would be fabulous. Um, closer to home, Norfolk Island's got a little foodies tour. We've got a book by 31 August. It's return air, transfer seven nights at the Governor's Lodge Hotel, which is lovely accommodation in a one-bedroom executive lodge. You get seven days car hire, a half-day tour, a do-it-yourself history tour, you get a $150 restaurant uh, credit per couple at Hilly's Restaurant, which is a lovely restaurant. I have only had lunch. No, I had dinner there. It was. It's lovely. And you also get a two-course welcome dinner, a high tea with the cures, and a crisp dot brekkie. Mm. Now, all of that from under $1,750. Mm-hmm. And we were talking uh, Mexico today. This is a fly cruise where you fly from Sydney through to Las Vegas. You have three nights there, and then you continue on to cruise um, to Los, back to Los Angeles. So I fly back to Los Angeles and you embark on the Carnival Splendor. For a seven-night cruise, it's going to Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta, back to LA, and then you come home and have Honolulu for two nights on the way home. This is 6th of February uh, 2019, and that starts from an inside cabin from under 2500 or an ocean view from under 2600 or a balcony cabin from under 2900 I think that's pretty good value for money, actually. Um, Royal Caribbean have also got a fly cruise, and this one is going from Barcelona, Barcelona to Dubai, 19 nights on the 16th of April on Spectrum of the Seas. Now, you're getting return airfares included ex-Sydney, two nights in Barcelona, then a 16-night cruise, cruising through Italy, Greece, Jordan, etc., the Suez Canal, finishing in Dubai with a night there and then coming home. Or alternatively, they've got one of those lovely repositioning cruises on the 18th of October 2019 from Copenhagen to New Orleans. So you fly to Copenhagen, have a night there, then you've got a 19-night cruise from the Netherlands, going, uh, taking in the Netherlands itself, the UK, France, Ireland, Portugal, Bermuda, Bahamas, the USA, finishing up in New Orleans for two nights. And that is under $5,600 all up. 22 nights. That works out at about $240 odd a day, but that's including when you think about it, 19 nights of that is with all your meals and your airfares as well. So again, very good value for money. 
the polar pioneer, that famous vessel that Aurora had for many years before they built the new Greg Mortimer, is having a farewell there. She's being, you know, laid off, if you like, put to rest. Yeah, which is sad, isn't it? And so they've got a couple of um, special voyages at the moment where they're having reductions on them. The 20th of March next year in Shackleton's footsteps has got savings of up to US 3,000. And on the 10th of March, the Antarctic Explorer of US 2,000 saving per person. And also they've got an Arctic voyage next year as well with savings of Astra in July and August of savings between $1,500 and $2,000. We will miss that lovely vessel, Jane, won't oh, we? A lot of people have had a lot of good times on her. And another nice thing to know, Jane, there's a lot of people, you know, with this, um, of course, everyone donating the um, the bail, you know, at the yes. moment for the farmers. Um, the Globus Family Company, any bookings made in August through their company, which is Cosmos, Globus, Avalon, etc., they'll donate a bale of hay through Rural Aid. Um, and Or you can go on to buyabale.com.au if you just want to support it yourself. Chimu Adventures are doing the same. Qantas and Jetstar have already made cash donations. That's wonderful to see that these travel companies um, are coming, you know, to the party as well as helping these, these poor farmers. So, yeah, I think Certainly that's wonderful. Is. That is great. And thanks so much for joining us from afar today, Sally Lucas. Yes, thank you, Jane. And we look <laughs> forward to... You'll be back in person next week.